And we've got, here we got guys just remembering the style of his fucking shows. It was, you know, and just fucking shit, shit. The fuck up and let me fucking talk. All right. Um, this is, um, what did I, what did I name it? Fiend Shooter Podcast, Shooter's Gallery. Is that good? Like yeah, I like that. I like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a shooting gallery, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I got my uh, my friend and my uh, my guest for week two is uh, Richard Dicky Eklund, the pride of Lowell, but I'm trying to steal that title from him. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gaining I'm gaining ground on him. I'm gaining ground on him. Um, Christian Bale won an Oscar playing um, playing Dicky in the movie The Fighter. For people that didn't know, and. Um, I brought some motherfucking loser with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> you know, this just a real nigga shit, your real nigga story, you know what I'm saying? This beat is so, so rich. Uh, what else? Um, if you saw my last podcast, I don't know if uh, my guy here uh, filming this. What's your name again? Justin. Justin. Did you hear about Polly Black? No. Okay, so Polly Black was my guest last week. For those who don't know, and he's <laughs> he's been struggling a little bit, and um, and um. He was in my sober house a few times, he got clean. I've known him forever too. And, and he's been out on the streets using drugs. And he finally told me he was all done. He wanted to go to detox. So trying to get a bed in detox right now at Mass Health. That's uh, that's insurance for people on like SSI and stuff. I mean, I'm still on it, Mass Health, but uh, they're gonna be canceling that any day. I, um, my friend's wife got him a bed in a detox. She pulled some strings, you're really not supposed to. It was like, she really went above and beyond to get him a bed. So he's like, I want to get high before I go. And right before we got here, Dickie said, what's up with Paulie Black? And I said, oh, my God, you don't know? And he's like, no. So so I take him and he and he gets some dope. Now, he tells me he's getting dope. He does, you know, he does a little blast or whatever. And, and I get there and he's going in. I'm with my friend outside who got him in. And all of a sudden he disappears. And I'm like, oh, he must have had a little dope left. And he must have, you know, went around the corner to do it, obviously, you know, so. A couple minutes later, he comes walking back around the corner. I see him throw something in the trash, you know, set of works or whatever. And, and I, I said, uh, you know, you ready and stuff? And he goes, yeah, there was too much there. I couldn't do it all. So I said, well, you threw it in the barrel, right? He goes, no, I tucked it. You know, which means, you know, you know, suitcase in it, sticking it up your ash, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. And I'm like, yeah. why are you fucking sneaking drugs in a detox? So, Jesus, wasn't even 24 hours. It was uh, it was the next morning, actually. Um, my friend who uh, who did me the favor of getting him in there, um, Jesus, uh, sent me this text. Um, you want to zoom in on it, or should I just read it? Uh, you, you should read it, and then if you send me a picture, I'll like, throw it in the video. Says, Paulie caused a nightmare. He was trying to box my wife. He was doing somersaults in the hallway. He was throwing punches in the air at her. And he said, call Kevin, call Mike. I don't care. That's me. He told her he brought crystal meth in with him. So I said, uh, you know, Mr. Black and crystal meth don't mix. And um, 
he said it again, doing somersaults in the hallway. So I said, well, he's a former gymnast. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, okay, that makes more sense. But boxing my wife? What a question mark. And I just said, you know, I'm going to punch him in the face. And uh, then I told him he wasn't a gymnast, actually, and said I was a riot. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not too happy with him. Um, you know, I've done a lot of stupid shit, but I'm more, I'm more mad that, you know, that uh, they did him a favor and they stuck their neck out for him. And then, it, you know, it backfired like that. Not only did it backfire, but he's actually throwing fucking punches at the lady like a total <laughs> fucking moron, you know? So he became a boxer overnight. <laughs> yeah. Some assaults and throwing punches. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what's going on with him right now. But hopefully, um, hopefully he, he fucking wakes up and. uh and does something you know it's not easy getting in detox and he seemed really sincere you know that he was ready to fucking do it and uh apparently he wasn't you know so uh you know that's that with paulie black and uh hopefully he uh he comes around you know i know bundy wants to fucking give him another chance right bundy yeah yeah Speaking Definitely, of them like yeah. this, I'll give him another chance. All right, yeah, Bundy, yeah, Bundy. He deserves it. Bundy was, uh, <laughs> Bundy was the house. <laughs> Bundy was my house manager, but I had to temporarily suspend him from his duties last week for um, being a bully. Yeah, no, being a bully. No, no, all right, yeah. maybe I was right. I thought he was being a bully. He, he picked it. So this, this someone in the house is really annoying, and, and I, you know, I finally came to the conclusion that, you know, Buddy might, fucking mind. Yeah, Bundy might have been justified. Yeah. But he um, threatened him once. I told him not to. And then the kid called me up and said, Bundy ran in and picked up his Bluetooth speaker and threw it at him and it shattered off the wall. So when I questioned <laughs> Bundy, when I questioned Bundy, he said, I just tossed it at him. He should have caught it. I said, all right. <laughs> you should have told me that. Was you should, you was should have told me that in the first place. Was it snitch? <laughs> yeah, he, he is, yeah. He's a teller. So, yeah, that's that's that. But, yeah, I got Mr. Bundles running the house. When The last time Bundy got out, Bundy's – Bundy, how much time have you done in, in done prison and jail? A lot of time. Probably like 20, 26 years. 26. Uh, 26. So the last time Bundy got out, he took it upon himself to be like um, – De facto house manager. He, um, <laughs> I started getting calls because it's two hundred a, a week, and the rent's due on Friday. And guys, you know, work and they get paid, you know, <laughs> Thursday and Friday. So after like two weeks, I'm getting calls from guys. They're like, Bundy's waking me up at five in the morning on Friday, looking for the fucking rent money. Right? They're like, Listen, I don't want any problems, man. I get paid on Friday. I had said, Buddy, don't worry. just relax. No, I had to call Bundy. I said, Bundy. Relax, buddy. You know what I mean? He's in there like a leg breaker, fucking, fucking tip, like shaking these guys down, you know? <laughs> but yeah, uh, and uh, Mr. Eklund was a resident of the house for a while. Yeah. Yeah. He's still, um, I still get his mail there. Oh, yeah. Um, he's out of there now. He's doing good. Dickie, uh, been sober for a while now. He's been going to meetings and, uh, we're actually going to speak at a meeting in a couple of weeks. I'm going to tell you that. They want me to go to some place in Quincy. Yeah. So I said I, I'd bring you, you know. Uh, Dickie, I've known Dickie um, since oh, 1978, right? I mean, most of these fucking kids now no. watching the show are probably born in fucking between yeah. 2000 and 2005. I got, I got Mike broken in. Yeah. <laughs> by some prostitute. <laughs> Get over there in the alleyway. She's waiting for you. I actually talked about this last week. I, <laughs> I actually talked about, um, yeah. But um, <laughs> I always used to tell people, I said, um, 
Dickie was absolutely fucking crazy when he was younger. And, um, you know, since I was a little kid, these are the people I, you know, I looked up to, you know, and, and I was attracted to, you know, you say bad guys, but, but, but good bad guys. You know what I mean? And Dickie was fucking, uh, Dickie's a legend. He still is in, uh, in Lowell. And, and Middlesex. <laughs> yeah. This building was full of prostitutes and pimps and the pimp red dog. I used to say, I used to be doing, I used to see him doing heroin when I was a little kid and we used to make fun of him, you know, but, um, we were around there, me and Johnny Sheen, tell him with shine box and we used to yeah. shine shoes and stuff. But, um, so I used to tell people, I said, um, Dickie and Mickey, you know, they were, Mickey was four years older than me and Dickie was 12 years older than me. And I was like tagging along and I just always looked up to these guys and I joke around. I said, I, I followed Dickie around so much. I uh, followed him into a prison cell. Yeah. didn't, didn't work Good out too influence. well. Good <laughs> influence. Yeah. yeah. Good influence. But, um, yeah, growing up, growing up around, around Dickie and, and everybody in, in the neighborhood, it was, you know, it's. It seemed normal. It seemed normal. But as I get older now and I see other people and they're like, you know, I tell stories and talk about this and that. People are like, well, that's fucking crazy. You know, tell me another story. I'm like, I don't know. It just seems like I thought everybody grew up like that. But, you know, when um, I remember I was in prison when the movie The Fighter come out, you know, and um, and I got out and uh, I went right over his um, his mother's house, uh, Alice, God rest her soul. And uh, Dickie was there with his, <clears throat> with his sister and uh Caught up with him a little bit, and then I moved right back in over Boo Boo's house, and um, <laughs> and it was um, it was it was back to the same old the same old stuff, you know. And um, Dickie had this um, I called Dickie Kippy because we used to call he used to call Perks Kippies because Mickey his brother Mickey had a sparring <laughs> partner Kippy Diggs, so it was like you know code in the gym. Dickie would be like Kippy Kippies, and I'd be like yeah, you know. And he's like all right, he run outside and you know. Selling some perk, going back and forth. So to this day, people see him and they yell, Kippy. Everyone's calling him Kippy because that's what he started calling each other, Kippy. And people don't even know it's about perks. But yeah. what Dickie used to call the co-quackers, you know, quacker, you know, quackers. And um, you named yeah. my dog that. Yeah, I was just, that's what I was going to talk about. So yeah. when I get out, he had this dog, this little poodle, quacker. And we get high and Dickie would say, Quack a cops, right? And the dog yeah. would like stand up on his hind legs, legs like freeze. Fucking, yeah, <laughs> put his hands up. He'd say, "Quack a freeze." And the fucking dog up in the corner. I mean, geeked out. He'd have the dog fucking assuming <laughs> the position up in the fucking corner every time we do a hit. You know, so. Fucking oh man, I know. I, I mean, we did have some fun. You know, yeah. I remember I let him down when he when he saw me. You know, sticking the needle in my arm. You know, because that's one. One one, uh, one line, Dickie never fucking crossed. He never did the dope either. I mean, maybe he would have did it once or twice. I don't know. Yeah, when John said this, it was Coke one time, and it looked like Coke, he says, just, I used to give him big things. I used to go come back from Florida with it. I, fuck, he gives Talking me a little right. matchbook cover, right? So I does it. Next thing you know, I wake up in the hospital. Yeah. Ah. That's uh, his brother-in-law, John Brady. Rest in peace, John. He's another one we lost, uh, you know. Lost his battle, lost his battle, you know? And um, yeah, Dickie never did the dope, you know? He always, um, <clears throat> you know, did the um, the perks and yeah, the quackers, the coke and the, and the perks and, you know, methadone or whatever, but he never crossed that line. And uh, <laughs> I remember one night, you know, um, 
Dickie, yeah, Dickie actually told me this. Um, he called up this coke deal. Remember the one I robbed in the in the hallway? Yeah. yeah so he goes, he's like, he tells him to bring 40 40s of coke and a rock and 40 40s of powder or something, right? So I'm waiting in the hallway and and this Dominican comes in and I got him up against the wall. I said, low police, don't move, motherfucker. Hands on your head. So I'm patting him down and I get it and I pull it up. And I, the kid I'm with, Tony Souza, another one who's dead. Rest in peace, T. Another one who lost his battle. I found him dead. But as soon as I find the Coke, I put it in my pocket. No, I give Tony half. I get half. It's two bags. He takes off like a rocket. But right before I robbed the guy, a kid comes in the hallway. And I get him fucking up against a wall. The kid's like, you know, my name's Jimmy. I live upstairs. I didn't do that. <laughs> so I go, this is an undercover investigation. Go upstairs and don't say anything to anybody. So now I'm in the hallway with the lights on. I'm waiting for this kid's father to come out. <laughs> fucking kid was fucking like he saw a ghost. So now, so now the, the Dominican comes in and I got him up against the wall. And the kid I'm with takes off like a fucking rocket. So now he's realizing, now this kid's got some coke. I got coke. He's running with it. So I'm like, this motherfucker got the other back. So I take off and now this this crack deal starts chasing me right i'm running down fucking pine street i'm running after tony he fucking goes up and over he, well he goes up and over a fence in a second but i'm like tony stop now i'm getting out of breath i'm like i'm just gonna turn around and bang this dude out like i'm not gonna be running through yards this guy so i turn around i go to put my hands up and he had this belt with a big big metal Dominican flag belt buckle and he's fucking swinging the thing like a fucking like Jim Carrey the cable guy like the mace thing right so he swings it and I go like this and it catches me right under the chin yeah, yeah I still got the scar yeah, yeah. the scar he so, got yeah, split yeah, out my whole chin Dominican on it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know I wobble for a second I get him and I end up like foot sweeping him I get out and I go on top of him and I'm choking them, and I'm choking them out. And all of a sudden, I hear there's this two Puerto Ricans there, or Spanish guys, they got a pit bull, and they're yelling in Spanish. And I'm choking them. They're like, you're going to kill him. You're going to kill him. Let him go. So I get up, and I'm gassed. I still got the coke. And they're like, oh, we called the police. So I looked at the two guys. I go, he's a crack dealer. We just robbed him. So they start talking to each other in Spanish. I see them like, hey, we don't want to be in I goes, that's what I thought. And I was like, I see Dickie's girl go by with so I go run and I dive in the van with fucking him and his girl. And uh and we went to this this house in Lowell in the corner. And I remember I was I was in the bathroom and he came around the corner with his girlfriend and, and I had the spoon and the needle and I was drawing it up and I had the thing tied around my arm, you know? And I remember she was mortified and he was just like, you know, I know the feeling. I've seen people I know who who and you know you know, loved ones even who went, who went that route. And when you, when you see it, you know, it sucks, you know, it's like, um, you know, I mean, that, that's it. You know what no, I mean? And no. in the, in the, in the, um, as far as drug addiction goes, when you, when you start, you know, you know, using a needle, it, it's, it's just the fucking, it's the worst. It's over. Know? Yeah. It's over yeah. pretty much, you know? And, um, and that was, um, that was something I struggled with for a while. You know, it was it was um, it was tough. It was a tough thing to break. Um, when I remember Dickie seeing me like that, I had one other time. Um, my father always stuck by me from from when I was a kid. Um, I love my mother, but she um, when I started getting in trouble when I was fourteen, because my father was a little wild. She um, she signed me over the state, and I ended up in foster care. But I was bad. I was a bad kid. I don't want to act like she just uh, you know mm -hmm. she just kicked me to the curb. But I mean, you know. 
you know, in a way she did, but she she couldn't handle me, and that's that's all she knew. She didn't know. Either good the prison, you get up, you broke out every one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I escaped from a lot of DYSs, and um, and then you know, first foster cares and DYSs. But um, I remember my father. One time, I did like six months in secure treatment. They wanted to give me another six months, and they had this meeting, and it was like the head of the Department of Youth Services. My mother went there, my father, and. They asked my mother to speak, and she's like, you know, uh, don't let him out. You know, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. When he was living with me, you know, he's doing X, Y, and Z. So they said to my father, well, what do you think? He's like, well, when he was living at me, he was going to school every day. I'm like, lie. He goes, he had a job in the summer. He was paying me, you know, $20 a week, room and board. And I remember we're at a, it's like a table like this. Like a big yeah. table with all these workers. And I remember looking across saying, that's my fucking... That's my guy, you know. What I mean? That's my guy, and and my father was always was always in my corner. And um, I guess the reason I say that, like, I'd be out running around. And I could go there. I could always sleep there. Dad, I need twenty bucks, forty bucks, you know. And I'm sick, and he knew it because I'd been arrested, and everyone knew it. But he lived in this townhouse, and um, you know, it's you pull into a garage, and there's like a washer and dryer and a little laundry room, and you go up the stairs. You know, a townhouse, right? So. I'm in the, I go down to the dryer and I, I set up and I got the belt around my arm, same thing, right? And I'm setting up and um, I had my a cell phone up, up on the table and it rang, but the dryer was on because I could always hear someone come down the stairs. You hear someone come, I get away yeah. and I didn't hear it. And he opened the door. He's like, you got a phone call. And I had fucking blood dripping, you know. And I just remember the look in his face. It was like he fucking aged. Yeah. Fucking a uh, hundred years right in front of me, man. I remember like that, like, you know, being in that bathroom with Tony Sue's in that house yeah. in the corner of School Street when you and then Leslie saw me and uh and um and my father seeing me like that. It was um it was it was eye opening to say the least. You know, I felt like um, you know, I just felt like the biggest fucking loser in the world, rightfully so, you know. Um and uh, that was uh, that was a fucking tough one, you know. But you had Phillips Street to go to anyway. Yeah, I still have Phillips. <laughs> Dickie lived on the next street behind behind my house, so I, I could always go over there with him, you know. Yeah, get a couple of fucking methadones and come off here. <laughs> Dickie would always have always have the methadones and the perks and the OCs and everything to help me out. And um, Dickie got a back injury, and um, you know the doctor was giving him the the fucking ton of methanol, ton of perks, just like boo-boo, right? These guys would get, you wouldn't believe it. He was them. insane. 360 uh, methanol tens and 80, no, 90, 80 milligram Oxycontin wow. a month. Wow. And he was still out by the end of the month, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, really, I'd go over there and, and Dickie would always always look out for me when I was sick or or, uh, or anything <clears throat> like that, you know? And um. And Boo Boo too, rest in peace, Gary Boo Boo Jafrida. He was, um, he was like family. You know, he was. They portrayed him in the movie The Fighter, also, and um, <clears throat> also high on Crack Street. If anyone's seen that, I don't, I don't even like seeing it, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, they they made an HBO documentary on on Dicky <clears throat> and on Boo Boo also called uh, High on Crack Street, Lost Lives and Lowell. You know, and. Um, and Boo Boo, the same thing. You know, he'd get pills. I mean, he'd get 10s, 20s, 30s, fucking methadone. And, and you know, I, I remember once Boo Boo, he, um, it was hard to find a pharmacy. They had the guy George out in Drake. But <laughs> yeah. Boo, when, when they put the Hannafords out in 38 in Lowell, 
there was a new pharmacy on the left, and I was going to rob this pharmacy. They had a door right to the left, and I went there one day, and they blocked off the door. I'm like, I'm getting them, and I was I was close, and they blocked off the door. They, they must have realized the way it was yeah. set up, you know? <clears throat> it was new, but I'd go in there, and that was the only place that would fill all his pills, right? So I go in there one time, and I'm with him, and I'm walking around. So he's waiting to get his prescription, and all of a sudden, there's two security guards around us. They go, fucking Lee. I go, what's up? He goes, give me the diaper wipes. You guys got to leave. I go, Boo goes, diaper wipes, kid? I go, what? You, what are you, a barbarian? What are you, you fucking, fucking regular toilet baby? You fucking nut. <clears throat> the guy's like, listen, you got to leave. He's like, you motherfucker, this is the only place that'll fill my pills. Can I wait? They're like, no. He's like, give them to me. So I, I reach in my pocket. I hand him the thing. And Boo like, he keeps saying, diaper wipes, kid? I would have fucking bought them. The guy's like, give me the other package. <laughs> I reach in, I hand him to him. He's like, you don't think we know who the fuck you guys are? <laughs> he's like fucking high on crack street the fight was after the fight come on the fight he's like you don't think we fucking know that he's like the second you come in the store fucking all eyes are on you two fucking nuts you know <laughs> so fucking yeah that was a going with boo uh uncle boo i miss boo but um fucking dicky um when i when i was young you know i i look back now at all the stuff i remember um Dickie, I was I was up the beach with Mickey and they'd babysit me and um his mother and uh my aunt would get together and they they'd have a cottage up the beach every year and their family was so fucking crazy they'd all be drunk fighting each other it would be it would be I'd be a little kid and it would be the it's just the craziest the craziest <laughs> shit you ever seen in your life you know and um <clears throat> I remember being up the beach and um you know 1978 77 you know i was you know seven eight year old kid up the beach and they were babysitting me and i remember dickie dickie is um is one of the most gifted athletes you know to be a professional athlete you know some people you know it, it obviously it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of practice and um dickie was just gifted you know he he was different he um he, he could just run forever i mean He'd just never get tired. He would spa. He would hit the mitts. He would hit the bag. He would just never, until even if he didn't, you know, get an injury on his back and his leg, he, he'd be the same way. He just doesn't fucking tire out. It's the craziest thing. And when we were kids, Dickie could run 10 miles backwards, running backwards. He'd, you see him in prison. He's running around the track, running backwards. He'll run 10 miles backwards. And, and when we were kids, he'd run all the way to the jetty. And, and Mickey was four years old. I mean, and we'd race him. And he'd play with us. And then he'd just turn on the jets and just, and just uh, you know, amazing, you know, how he could run, you know. And um, and I, I remember, he, you know, when he when he fought Sugar Ray Leonard, it was a it was a big deal. And and you look back now, Sugar Ray Leonard is one of the greatest welterweights of all time, even though I think he fucking ran from Hagler and fucking Hagler, you know. That I was there. Uh, he won. Yeah. Leonard won. Yeah. Mickey fought that night. I was in Berwick House of Correction. I was 17, 87. Um, I turned 18 in there. <clears throat> so um, were you there that night at the fight? Mickey fought that night. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I forget. I don't remember that, but I remember the fight because I, I had a bet with somebody. You stopped Kelly Colbert. Oh, yeah? Fifth round, yeah. Body shot? No, cut over the eye. All right. Yeah, so um, when Dickie fought Sugar Ray Lennon, I mean, just fucking hero, hero status immediately. And at the, at the time, and I tell Dickie, and I remember this from when I was a little kid, right? And I never saw a fight card again. I was helping putting them up in the windows. And I remember it said, 
he wasn't a world champion then, I don't think. It's Sugar Ray, Olympic gold medal of Sugar Ray Leonard versus Lowell's tough Dick Eklund. I remember that, you know, the, I, I forget stuff from a year ago, five yeah. years ago, six months ago. Like, people come up to me and tell me stories. There's a few good ones, you know. One, uh, shut down a restaurant in the North End. I was with the new kids on the block in Mark Wahlberg till four in the morning. And I was with two kids. And they're like, remember that night? you? And I'm like, no. Like, you know, I was in a, I was in a coma a few times. I was, there's stuff that, is, that it's just wiped clean, my memory, you know? And there's other stuff I remember from, you know, when I was fucking, like then, eight, you know, eight, nine years old, a kid. And I remember, I still remember that. I'm like, man, I wish I'd have that card. I know they had replica cards made up for the movie or this and that. But even like at the West End gym, they had all these old fight cards with all fighters we grew up with and other fighters from New England. And, and that fucking card, man, I never saw it. Did you ever see one? Have you seen one since back then? No. no. The fuck? Where are they? I don't know. But yeah, when 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 Phillips Street, Phillips Street, yeah, <laughs> Dickie had a lot of memorabilia on Phillips Street. That uh, <clears throat> so the so when Dickie was living on on Phillips Street behind my house, I didn't even get a chance to sell my house. <laughs> <laughs> Dickie, um, Dickie moved in this house and um, he was there a while and uh, something happened with the owners. The owner lost it to the <laughs> bank. <laughs> and nobody went there for like three or four years. So Dickie rented out the upstairs apartment. Did I ever tell you this? No. To, yeah, to an, to, an, <laughs> to an Asian family. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's collecting. He, he's up there on the first. Yeah, 1400 whatever it was, 1200 right? No. Anyway, he's, it was like three years, Just right? Just 800 a month. Oh, yeah, right. so, they had like three or four rooms. I said, no that. little kids because the windows <laughs> are not safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's lead paint. Be careful. So they didn't even have like heat on. It was it was. It was some weird thing. They didn't have hot water or something. No. They lived up there like four years. One of the kids was going to high school, right? Mm. So I go down to the uh, – I'm down in Arizona at the Super Bowl when um, when Malcolm Butler made the interception. I um, That's part of my story too. I uh, the, the tickets went through the roof, and I, I sold a pair of tickets for $17,000 when I, when I first uh, – when I first uh, got out of detox in Florida, it was, it was shortly thereafter. It was probably a year. <clears throat> but I'm down in Arizona, and he calls me, and it's fucking 105 degrees in Arizona. And he says, you know, the what was it, the hot water heater? Something broke. His yeah. house was a fucking yeah. icebox, right? <laughs> so he's like, you know, I'm going to get out of the city and tell them, you know, they got to, you know, fix this. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, listen. Listen, dude, don't don't go down the fucking city and uh, start complaining about the fucking hot water heater not working. But, um Something happened, and they went there, and they're like, yeah, um, this house has been condemned in fucking uh, in 1972. <laughs> like, uh, what, you, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, you got to be out of here within 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and the family upstairs, they put them in a hotel or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, that was Phillips Street. That was, that was great. If that fucking... <laughs> We'd still be on fucking yeah. Phillips Street. <laughs> <laughs> Gertie is captain. Yeah, no, Quacker, my dog. Yeah, Quacker. Poor Quacker, another one. Rest in peace, Quack. I know. Quacker fucking ran over by a car. Dickie was driving around with him in a fucking box in the back seat. He was fucking. He was I had him for days taking him to hotels with fucking feet. I'd go up and get him a steak, bring it down. I'd order him a nice big steak. Really? Yeah, I had a couple hundred thousand on me. I'd get Quacker steak, bring it down. <laughs> the dog never ate it, he was dead, but. Yeah, he's running. When you get money from the fight, he's running around with money in a brown paper bag, fucking, uh, fucking spending it like crazy, huh? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of associates then. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they all fucking fade away when it's all gone, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but but going back to that time, I remember when I was a kid. You know, the the picture of him in the newspapers when he after he fought Leonard. You know, and uh, and afterwards, didn't Sugar Ray want you to be a sparring partner? Did you get on to Canada with you? Yeah. Well, he's fighting for Duran. Oh, all yeah. right. Then you fucking they found you in a crack house in Canada somewhere. What happened? No, no. Were you in Nova Scotia. No, no. You were good when you were down there in the yeah. camp with him. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, he's been known to run away. I mean, it's not like a, it's not like a, oh, yes. it's not like a stretch that you know, like disappear. Couldn't wait for me to get to Wyand so I'd leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went right down to New Jersey, went right down to projects. I was the only white guy there. <laughs> and I took the kids from low with me, all the white kids. And they says, I says, give me your money. I'm going up. Wait here. They said, no, nah, you're going to rip me off. I says, well, forget it. I'll go myself. I want myself. Like I'm down there. All. I went in the ambulance. They all get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> Lance and them, right? Was it Lance? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. The ambulance Christ. took them all away. Yeah. Atlantic City's bad. That's if people don't know. That's fucking. It's it's a it's a tough tough neighborhood. You know? I knew them all because we're at the Jimmy and Mickey and I, George Foreman was beside me, right? And I didn't know who he was. He had a towel over his head. He's like this down, and all of a sudden he goes like, "I'm right here at the edge," and he's right where you are. And he goes. Gives me a push. I fall on my ass. I looks up. He goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> big George. Yeah, Big George. Yeah. yeah, I met Big George. With, with People didn't, know, didn't even know he fought. They just knew he'd get, he was the grill guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was a fucking beast. He was a beast. Uh, Rumble in the jungle. He fought out yeah. with right? Yeah. Zaire, right? Zaire. It was Africa. Yeah, Rumble in the jungle. Big George. Yeah, so... um. That's one thing. Um, even me being with Dickie, bouncing around, it seems like, you know, knock on wood, right? I've been lucky my whole life. I, I've I've gone into neighborhoods where you shouldn't go. You know, oh, don't go over there. We go over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? As soon as I go somewhere, you know, uh, oh, don't go over that part. Don't, and that's the first place we want to go. Oh, really? Don't go over there? All right. Yep, that's where we're going. You know, and uh, and uh, like I said, knock on wood, it's turned out all right. Now, you know, that's why I'm knocking on wood. I'll be in fucking the slums of Bogota in about six hours. You know what I mean? <laughs> then I'll head over to Medellin. They don't. Um, they didn't have direct flights to Colombia, and they started flying direct to Bogota. So I'll fly to Bogota and then bounce over to Medellin. Things you, know. you can do today because you're sober, right? Yeah, things I can do. You yeah. know, I mean, I definitely wouldn't. Uh, I'd have those false teeth in my in my uh, in my head. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we're gonna wrap this up soon. You get another guy out here, right? You get some guy coming in. I think you you got a bit. All right, all right. We'll give a few more minutes. Um, Man. Uh, my guy Bundy over here. Um, we tell them about your old man? Well, if you want. All right. If you want. Bundy doesn't, um, Bundy's old man disappeared when he was young, but Bundy's father, they made a movie about Bundy's father also. Do you know that? No. It was called mm -hmm. Vault, and um, <clears throat> they robbed, um, they robbed a, a mob bank in Rhode Island, and what'd they get? They got like 30 million. 30 million. Wow. In like 1980, right? Hold on, we got to, we gotta get this. This is, this is insane. That's his um. That's his name. His namesake. Well, he's his namesake. All right, we gotta zoom in on this. We do this. Uh, as far as I'm gonna go. All right, so. How eight bumbling thieves stole thirty million from a mafia bank. That's oh. Bundy's dad and uh, Chucky oh. Flint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, see the resemblance a little, right? I don't know. He did. I don't see so? it. I don't see it. No. 
You? Yeah, I do. Do you really? Yeah. The nose, I see a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Squinty eyes. You know? Yeah. Uh, a real sneeze all look. Look at the old. Look at the old. Look at the old. He was a master thief. Yes, he was. Bundy, you talk about professional, right there. Look, that's him right there. Yeah, that's from the New York Post. How eight bumbling thieves stole 30 million from a mafia bank. That was in like 78. Imagine that. You were fighting Chigger and Leonard. His old man was knocking off banks. I was shining shoes. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're all doing we're all doing our thing. You know what I mean? Um, Bundy actually, um, what did you what did you do for a career, Bundy? Steal heavy equipment. Steal heavy equipment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Bundy does. For a living. Yeah, he'd steal um, the time. There's not many people out stealing heavy equipment. It's a, it's a, it's a niche. It's a, it's a niche that Bundy, that Bundy found on his own. You know that uh, if you get a truck with a trailer hitch, he'll he'll drive away with your bobcat. <laughs> I, uh, I'll uh, I'll end with this. Um, Back when I was still using, I was living in a, uh, I was in a shooting gallery in that fucking kid's house and, and Bundy got out of prison, you know, and he called me up. He said, what are you doing? I want to go do a score, right? You want to come? I said, yeah, of course. So we went to um, this landscaping company and I had the bolt cutters and we cut the locks and he'd always have me pick up the lock I cut in the chain, fucking put it in the bag. We wouldn't yeah. leave it there. Yeah. I opened the gate, pull in with the truck, shut the gate hook up a landscaping trailer, fucking <laughs> lawnmower is fucking this big leaf sucking blowing machine. Yeah. I don't know. We're, yeah. we're in there for a half an hour loading up this giant trailer, right? And we drove away and, um, you know, he always had someone who'd buy all the stuff and, uh, you know, he probably got like 10 grand and gave me like, you know, 50 cents. I forget exactly <laughs> the, I forget the breakdown of, um, of the money, what he, you, you know. You got paid well. fucking cheap fuck you are. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember he, years later, he said, you remember what you said to me when I dropped you off over at that shooting gallery? And I said, no. And what did I yeah, say? I said, oh, I don't want to be a junkie no more. Uh, always remember that. Yeah. Always remember that. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I said, I don't want to yeah. be a junkie no more. I don't want to be a junkie right. the rest of my fucking life. You know? Yeah. And, um, that always stuck to me. Always stuck to me. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, thank God, man. I mean, uh, I can't say I'm never going to be one again, but I can tell you that I got over 10 years now, you know, drug and alcohol free. And, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm looking to keep it going. You know, I own two sober houses now. And one of the biggest things for me now is other guys like me, guys that helped me like him, even though he fucking chiseled me and only gave me like 5% of the score. <laughs> I still, you know, they get out of jail. Guys like, you know, I have friends. They don't have much family. Do you have any family left? None. Like, none. none. And, I, and, I, and I tell him, it will be the same with you, even though I know you get your place now and yeah. stuff. Like, you always have a place for me. And, and that's what's cool about my sober houses is I'm there every day playing cards. You know, sometimes I got to slap on you around. I got to keep in line. You know what I mean? It gets, it gets a little, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, no, yeah. no, but no, all jokes aside, like I'm there playing cards. We're busting balls. We're having fun. And it's like, um, it's like being a kid and you, you got some fucking hangout or a clubhouse or we hung out in the corner or, yeah. you know, in the alley behind 201. Like we used to meet there and smoke <laughs> weed. It's like, this is, um, this is my fucking, my clubhouse, you know, my alley, my corner yeah, where yeah. I go every day and, and we have fun. And you own the clubhouse. Yes, I own the clubhouse. And you own a massage parlor. Yes, I own a massage parlor yeah. too. It's uh, it's it's. There's no happy endings, guys. So please. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, that's uh, just it, happy beginnings. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right, this is another one in the books. Uh, episode two. That's a fucking wrap. You ready, boys? All right, buddy. You know. Go.
This just a real nigga shit, your real nigga story, you know what I'm saying? This beat itself so much. Thanks, like a bunch of narcotics. Yeah, what? Pull up in that new robbery.